This is the Pulse of Healthcare, broadcast from the Ovation Health Studios. Our podcast targets the challenges surrounding healthcare today in the United States. Our host, Dr. John McCormick, an expert in the industry, offers common sense and pioneering solutions for the future of healthcare. everybody, Dr. John McCormick with uh, Ovation Health and our podcast today. We're going to focus on pharmacy benefits. You know, for our second for our second podcast, I thought, you know, we have so many questions coming to us about pharmacy, pharmacy benefits, you know, how come how come our pharmacy benefit costs less with Ovation Health and you know, when I was with my previous plan it was really expensive and um we we just don't know from from a from a uh, small and medium employer standard. All right. So today I have with me Mandy Stahl, and she's one of my patient advocates and works a lot with the pharmacy benefits. And of course, Chad is here again with us today, uh, and he's going to add some insight as well. So I'm going to start my. Uh, I'm just going to kind of start with some questions. So my first question is. In a normal in our formulary, how many drugs are actually listed? Right. So approval standards for plans oftentimes are more so around the ideal of the idealism of where Medicare has set a standard. And so for Medicare, it's somewhere around seventeen hundred and fifty medications. So one thousand seven hundred and fifty. Now, when you break those out into a total formulary, which lists all of the drugs by their specific coding and dosages, you end up somewhere more around 14,000 line items that you have to then load into your pharmacy benefits program or whatever uh, sort of method you're using to portray those pharmacy benefits to your consumer. So, so Chad, when you're thinking about that, 14,000, you know, I mean, that's hard to get your mind around to begin with. Right. And, then, and then when you expand it even further, you know, when I'm looking at a plan document, and then it really doesn't matter which plan it is, I'll, what I see is tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, you know, sometimes tier five and six, you know, and all I know is tier one, they tell me that's generic and I don't have to pay anything or I pay something really low. Right. And then tier two, I'm starting to move into name brand drugs. But they're ones that have been on the market a long time. So, talk to me about those higher tiers. Why do they? Why do? Why do formularies tier out like that? Right. So it starts baseline at the market level. Uh, often, from what we see, the the U.S. is a very extreme case in that you can patent medications in the United States, um, which there are laws specifically against in other countries around the world. So in the United States, you can actually figure out the formula for uh, creating a medication that serves a specific fur- purpose. And then since somewhere around the 70s, you could patent those medications and actually uh, kind of get the exclusive right to that formula. 
so what we see is these brand name drugs that oftentimes will, once their patent runs out, or once the you know one sort of chemical has changed, but really they're the same, you'll have generics versus brand medications. Now plans op- plans and individuals oftentimes prefer generic medications because of their cost. And what you don't know is oftentimes they're ex- the exact same chemical makeup as these brand name drugs that have these uh, absurd commercials and these <laughs> these absurd kind of advertising methodologies and they have a lot of money backing them because they're making a lot of money off of the medication themselves, but they're no different than what you could service you at a much lower cost. So, so Manny, switching over to you, we could, we got, you know, a lot of great members. We want to take great care of them. I know you're very passionate about taking care of members and making sure they get what they need, you know, but even in that role, you're, you're working individuals through a sort of step therapy when it comes to Rx. So bouncing back off of what Chad just said, we know because we're in the space that sometimes those generic or cheaper brand name drugs are really formularically the same or chemically the same as some drugs that you're seeing advertised on the market with cool horses in the beach and all that nonsense you know, that are 800 or $1,000, but really no more affecting. So talk to me about why there's such a value in going through that process, not only so we get the right medication for the right member, but also how that helps us control the overall cost for the plan, you know, because ultimately what happens every year, year over year, plant costs go up. In Ovation Health, our plant costs don't go up year over year. And and we've been able to do that specifically by helping educate people in the formulary and, and how to use that. So. so not even so much on the financial side of it, but on the medical side, you don't, <clears throat> you're not going to start at the highest level first, right? You're not going to go, when you go to the doctor, they don't break out the big dogs, you know, I mean, antibiotics, <clears throat> excuse me, antibiotics for one, um, you're never going to use some broad spectrum antibiotic on a, a tiny little minor infection in a cut, you know. So you don't want to you don't want to start high. You don't want to start with the big guns. And so a lot of times that's what those medications are: the brand names, the high dollar um, tier five medications. Those are that's a last resort thing, you know. So that's another reason for the step therapy. If something on the lower level, even if it's lower cost, if that works, why do you want to take it up a notch, you know? So when this disease or illness progresses, if it is a progressive disease, then you have other options. You know, you don't want to use your your final option right off the bat. And so a lot of times that's what the members are pushing for. We have a lot of members in the medical field and they're like, oh, I just want this fixed. And I know this works because, you know, Google tells them everything. And so they want the number one, the highest cost, whatever it is, and they push for it. Clearly they get some incentive for it. Um, So not just financially. But I mean, there are numerous reasons that you don't want to start at the top. And that is another reason that we do the step therapy. So, you know, I have a military background. So when you when you say those kind of things, it it speaks to me, you know, you're you're effectively if you're sick, you're in combat. You know, your body is in combat with the disease. Mm -hmm. It's in, you know, it's it's fighting something. So I hear you you know, and to me, it makes perfect sense. You know, you don't want to you don't want to carpet bomb your whole body when you can, you know, very laser focused, take care of something. 
at a lower level because if you need to amplify, if you need to go up, you want to make sure you have every tool in the toolbox. But if you start off with the biggest, baddest, maybe the newest thing, sometimes the newest is not the best. I, you know, I dealt with a lot of weapon systems that were brand new that failed. Right. All right. And and so we see that a lot. Ozempic's are great. A great. Everybody's talking about Ozempic right now and and uh Trulicity and yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, this is the magic bullet for weight loss. Well, we've been looking for the magic bullet for weight loss since the 1950s, when we changed our diet from eating, you know, real food to eating reprocessed garbage. Let's just face it, you know, you, you don't have to go back too far in the video, you know, photography lexicon to look at you know beach loads full of people that were fit and trim and you're going how come we look that way in the 50s and now you look at that same beach in the 2023 and we're like what happened <laughs> you know <laughs> did we all get injected with some kind of fat bomb well yeah we did and we did it through our food choices processed foods and things like that so we we kind of went the quick way on the food and now we're trying to go the quick way on the medicine and what that's doing is depriving people that actually have diabetes that need that drug because it's becoming harder and harder to find. And secondarily, we're rushing into a product that we actually don't know what all the bad effects are going to be when used across a, a population. I mean, you can certainly read the disclosures that they rapidly talk through this could give you a heart attack and liver damage and da 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 da. Yeah, but I lost twenty pounds. Yeah, but you died. You know, look at the casket. <laughs> you know, what's what's the catch, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we're knowing just right now that this, you know, some some new studies are coming out on Ozempic. You know, and it's it's taking away muscle tissue generally in your posterior region. It's causing all kinds of internal. Uh, problems, it's disrupting organs because you don't need this. Your your body doesn't need this chemical. So if you're using it to suppress your hunger, which is what's going on, right? You're not using it for what it's intended purpose. So it's an off. We call that an off-label use. All right. And the reason we resist off-label uses is because we don't know what the side effects are, and we don't want people to become guinea pigs for the medical, you know, pharmaceutical complex. It's just not, that's, you know, that that's not good health management. Remember back in our first episode, I said, we're in the well care business, not in the sick care business. We want to treat people early. We want to make sure that they have great primary care, specialty care, imaging labs, no barriers to any of those things. Because we want people to live their a well life, not get in a cycle of sickness uh, like might happen on some of these other plans where the plan itself is also the owner of the pharmacy that's dispensing the drug, you know. And so what you get into is this cycle of sickness where they're getting paid on every side of the equation. So the sicker you are, the more they make. Our model is not like that. Our model is... You know, we want you to stay well, and we don't make money on all the other, all the other peripheral things. You know, so our focus is actually truly wellness in your best intent. So, how do you 
how do you manage getting the best RX for our members, you know, while also helping contain costs, you know, and I know, I know when we engage in healthcare from a member perspective, we're not thinking about money. We're thinking we're sick. All right. We're sick, you know, and the next time we think about money is when the rate goes up next year. That's why we hire an administrator like us, right? Because we're thinking about you're sick and we want to make you well, but at the same time, we want to try to manage your healthcare spend, make you a smart consumer of healthcare, just like you're a smart consumer of buying a car or going to the vet or anything, right? I mean, we want you to be as smart in healthcare as you are in all the other things you're smart about. So how do we help do that through some of the other options and programs that we offer? So, I mean, it, it really comes down to member education. We, we really have to educate the member because a lot of them don't know, you know, your doctor knows best. So what the doctor ordered is what I'm going to go pick up kind of thing. Um, and so while we're, you know, none of us here, well, you sort of, but none of us here are practicing physicians, we'll say that. Um, so we can't advise the member to not take a medication or to take a different medication, right? Um, we can simply educate them on the side effects of the medication that they're prescribed. Uh, we can also lean them towards generics, things like that. We also always refer them to the manufacturer website, not only for manufacturer discounts or rebates or uh, copay cards, but to read, read up, you know, read the literature on the medication. Uh, there may be something better for them out there. You know, we ask them if they considered alternatives. It's something that we're familiar with that we know someone else has been possibly diagnosed with the same illness or disease, and they've had, you know, better outcomes with a different medication. Um, we can always make those suggestions and just overall educating the member. So how do we go about, uh, I've heard you talk about international sourcing before. What's that? What does that mean? So we can't do it ourselves. We, um, you know, as the TPA or, or as the plan, we can't order the medication or request the medication. Our PBM um, pharmacy benefit manager does not get the medication from there. But what we can do is we can refer, we have a trusted source. Um, we can refer our members to them and they can get it from this third party and it's internationally outsourced. And it only comes from countries, uh, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, uh, countries that are tested and trusted to be, you know, tried and true. Um, the medication, obviously not FDA approved and, because, you know, the FDA doesn't govern in those countries, but um, it's been tested to be to be good. That's that's where this, we won't go through any other company. Rx Manage gets their medications from only these companies or these countries that are trusted. So we can actually refer our members to them. They go through them and it's what, a third of the cost, I believe, to go through yeah. so international outsourcing. Third. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as opposed to anything in America, any pharmacy, the cheapest that we could get them, you know, the the best value we can find here, a lot of times they'll get a third of that, you know, through international outsourcing. Yeah, and if I may add, the um, oftentimes the in these other countries where we are doing the international outsourcing, these aren't for-profit countries when it comes to medical service. And so the big issue versus the United States is obviously every – portion of the industry is for profit in the U.S. And when you go to, say, Canada or Australia, New Zealand, 
Um, it's more so about making sure that the medication is readily accessible. They have a lot more restrictions in place to make sure that this is the case. And we have, with those specific countries, the United States, an agreement that these medications can come into the country from these countries. So as long as you're able to refer this specific member to these resources, then they're able to find these medications from the exact same medication, just in a different location that isn't trying to gouge them for every penny for the same medication. See, and we talked about this in the first episode, you know, where we're talking about just highway robbery that goes on sometimes, you know, here in the U.S. And it's one of our biggest frustrations at Ovation that we want to break through those barriers. It's part of the reason we're transparent. It's part of the reason we have this podcast to, to, to really kind of open the eyes up and you know, hopefully open the minds up of the employee and the employer to say there is a better way. There's a cheaper way. There's a better way. And sometimes we get it stuck in our brain that cheaper's not better. I want to pay the most money and it doesn't make any sense. How about I want to pay the right amount of money for the best care? You know, I don't want to overpay for it. I don't want to underpay for it. I want to pay what's fair. I want to pay what's right. And I want to pay what delivers the, the right, you know, the right prescription for me. You know, as we talk about that, I know we also use 340B and 340B, nobody, you know, if you're not in the space, don't know what that is. But, you know, federally qualified health clinics are also part of our network and we can use the federally qualified health clinic as another way approved by the Fed to help drive down that medical spend. So I know you've used some of that in the past, Mandy. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the, the only downfall that we find with that, um, I mean, it's, it's great. It, it is a, a great source to have. The only downfall that we see is that these 340B clinics require the prescription to come from their physician, right? So a lot of the members are just a little, um, I guess, hesitant. Um, you know, for the right price, they'll go. Uh, well, I mean, the right, the right price is I can pay 500 bucks in which I have a $250 copay or coinsurance or... I can go see this doctor one time virtually now, all right, get the prescription mail order to me, and it's 50 bucks where I have a $10 copay. That's a heck of an incentive. It is, <laughs> but we also live in this world of convenience where these, these people are just like, oh, you know, I've had the same doctor. They don't like change or whatever it is. Older folks, you know, they don't like the change, so they're going to stick with what they've got or what they know. I am right here. <laughs> 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 and then you've got the chads in the world that are, you know, they're just like, oh, you know, I, want, I need convenience. Um, some of them are more about convenience. And so, you know, to have to go there or to, you know, change doctors or something is a little a bit of a headache. But for most of us who are um, financially, you know, aware, I guess, um, if you do any little bit of research, and we, we do, we you know, we try to, again, part of the education, we, we educate people, give them that option. And so... <laughs> When you make them aware, uh, they're willing to, to make that switch. Right. So it's really, at the end of the day, it's consumer choice, right? Absolutely. We're saying, look, you know, we, we kind of have a slogan in our office. We don't say no. We say not that way. And the not that way is what Manny's talking about. Education. We want to make you a smart consumer. So if you're listening to us and want to do that, you can be a smart consumer. And I'm the old guy in the office that goes and sees the doctor. Everybody else uses virtual medicine, all right. Which, which I think is the is 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 definitely now post COVID the trend. I mean, pre COVID it was about five percent. 
post-COVID, we're seeing almost 40%. The studies that I'm reading are saying that we're going to end up with 80% of our primary care and specialty care uh, in in the virtual space probably in the next decade. And that's just because the younger people are like, why would I go sit in a doctor's office when I can do this on my cell phone? Makes perfect sense. And guess what? That's what we're going to talk about in our next episode is virtual care, the options that it brings to the table, the power that it brings to the table, and how it's reinventing the healthcare space. That's all we got for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Ovation Health Studio, the pulse of healthcare.